Welcome to the Roswell Business Podcast. On this episode, we speak with local businesswoman, Andrea Moore, as we discuss pieces of her life, her businesses, and words to live by. Enjoy. All right. Well, Andrea, good to have you. Thank you for interrupting uh, your life, your week, your business day to spend some time and, and talk to us. Um, let's jump right into it. What uh, what makes up Andrea? Where, where do you come from? What, what about you? What's your history? That kind of stuff. Well, I grew up in Colorado, the front range of Colorado in what used to be a small town called Castle Rock. It's now part of that whole uh, Denver, Colorado Springs corridor. Uh, graduated from high school, ran off to the mountains and graduated from college in the mountains. In that time, my parents bought a business here in Roswell, August of 1997. And one year later, my husband or then boyfriend, fiance, and I moved down here to help with the family business. So I've been here ever since. I'll be honest, I cried for the first two years that I lived in Roswell because it was completely different than anything I had ever experienced living in Colorado. And now, two and a half decades later, I can't imagine ever living anywhere else because Roswell and New Mexico is just such a family-friendly environment that it's, it's home. It has grown inside of me in ways that I can't even it begin to explain because it's just so wonderful. The friendships, the people I have met and continue to meet all the time. I just can't ever imagine living anywhere else. Uh, I'll go and visit all corners of the earth and all parts of the United States, but Roswell is definitely home. It's a great place to raise my children. I know that they're safe and the friendships that they're making as well are wonderful and kind of worked in the car business for about 10, 15 years until I got fired. I hold the record at my family business for being fired because I don't know how to hold my tongue and wow. spout off at the guy that signs the front of the check. And he reminds me at Sunday dinner at times, hey, I signed that check. You've got to listen to me. But that's the kind of family that I grew up in is that my parents encouraged me to think for myself and to question things. And I know that at times, you know, when you're 15, 16, 17 years old, the parents don't always appreciate you pushing those boundaries, but at 40 years old, they definitely encourage it and want to see me constantly grow and learn. Um, I have, like I said, I've traveled all over the world, all over the country. And every time I visit someplace new, I bring a piece of that back. Um, and I try to learn and grow from all of the different people that I meet. I'm constantly seeking out those that think opposite of me because how do you know that you truly believe um, and think the way that you do if you're not constantly pushing those boundaries and making sure that you really understand and you're rooted and grounded in everything that you think that you believe. And shockingly enough, there are times that I go, oh, maybe I don't really believe what I think I believe because I've been introduced 
to another way of thinking or something that I hadn't thought about before. So I encourage my children to do the same things, um, constantly be pushing their boundaries. And uh, they tell me that they believe something and I go, well, cool. I think that's wonderful that you believe and think those things, but are you absolutely sure? Because I have children that age uh, range from ages 10 to 18. Wow. Yes. Uh, I have a soon to be senior in high school over okay. at New Mexico Military Institute. So we're excited for that. Next year is going to be a very crazy busy year for us. Uh, excited for that. And then I have a 15 year old, a 12 year old and a 10 year old. And so we're constantly encouraging them to think for themselves and to understand why they truly believe. Don't just believe what I tell you to believe, but think about it. What do you really believe that? And it's okay if you grow up and you don't become what I want you to be, as long as you're happy and you know why you believe and you are who you are. Um, so is that a, uh, Crumlin family trait, or was that something you picked up along the way, or where did that That's, come from? It's definitely a Crumlin family trait. Okay. Um, my father is Tom Crumlin uh, of the Crumlin Auto Group here in Roswell, and many people think when they see us and meet me and my family that they think what they see here in Roswell is who I am and who I grew up to be, and that's not the case. Okay. When we lived in Colorado, my father was a wholesaler, so he would buy a car in the morning and go around to all of his friends and other dealerships around the Denver metro area and all over Colorado, actually, and sell that car because if he didn't sell the car, we didn't have money to eat. Okay. So that so this what you see in Roswell is like I like to tell everybody is my dad's 40 plus year overnight success. Nice. They sold everything in 97, literally sold everything. They sold my college education, my car, the house, and put every last dollar into buying the Toyota store and moved out here. So why Roswell? How did that come about? Do you know? That was the opportunity. My cousin actually worked for Toyota Motor Credit and knew that the store had come up for sale. And my dad was like, you know, hmm, that'd be something wow. interesting to purchase because he was just going to go buy a used car lot somewhere in Colorado and that was going to be his thing. And he goes, I've never sold new cars before. Let's let's try it. You know, it can't hurt. Like, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? I fail and I move on to something else. And interestingly enough, Toyota did not want my dad to buy the, the store because he had never had that new car experience. So he actually went on vacation, my mom and my brothers, in an 18-passenger van to Belize. Okay. They drove from Colorado to Belize. Wow. Yes. And at 18 years old, I was, I don't know, too dumb or too smart to not go. I said, no, I'm not, I'm going to pass on that deal and stay home. And I'm glad that I did. And my family is glad that I did. Within 24 hours of them being gone, Toyota started to call. And they said, we want your dad to buy this store. And I said, well, they're somewhere between here in Belize yeah. and in the 90s, the mid 90s. Um, the phone service is not what it is today. You didn't right. have your nice little iPhone in your back pocket right. that you can call. So I was like, I will leave a message at the place that they're destined to be. Here's also the phone number for you guys to start calling. Um, if they, when he gets there, he'll call you. And every single day for two weeks, because it took my parents two wow. weeks 
to drive there, wow. they called. And that's how we started our journey into Roswell. And so, um, yeah, so we'll get, we'll come back to Roswell things, but you mentioned that, uh, you were distraught about up, uprooting and moving that you not only was in Castle Rock, but went to school in the mountains as well. Yes. Um, what was it that was so appealing to all that? Was it just what you knew or was there just a, a part of you? That... I loved the mountains. I grew up in the yeah. mount, uh, our house, my family house where I grew up, uh, was really in the middle of the forest, in the middle of the foothills. And so I left and I went to the mountains. I was a hippie. I was a little hippie girl and okay. hanging out, enjoying college, being able to ski every day at noon and my little existence that was wonderful and wow. i had even traveled a lot at that point okay. because my family was always really good that we traveled on spring breaks on over christmas and any chance that we got my parents were really good about showing us kids the world okay. and not just the united states but the world we've been all over the place so i was happy being you know in my little mountain town with my little mountain hippie friends and when you go from the mountains of Colorado, 14,000 peaks and being able to hike and bike and fish and camp, yeah. just almost year round to the desert of New Mexico, because yeah. the f further south in New Mexico we get, the more desert, more arid it gets, it was a complete shock. I never thought I would live in a place that was 100 plus degrees in the summertime. That makes sense. Okay, so... Um the mountain uh, stuff like that and, and just the passions that were there and the, the desperate change uh, to here. Do you visit from time to time? Do you still make journeys oh, back? Absolutely. Um, all my family still lives okay. in Colorado. My mom's side of the family is from Colorado. My dad's side of the family is from Nebraska. So we still go up to Colorado quite a bit. Of course, all my high school and college friends are still up there um, in various places around the state. So as much as I can, I go up there and say hi to everybody. So yeah, it's, I love Colorado. I um, I have climbed all the collegiates wow. in high heels okay. on a dare because I had lots of guy friends and I've always been kind of a girly girl as much as I say that I'm a hippie girl yeah. as well. I liked my high heels. Okay. And so they were like, oh, you wear high heels. I bet you can't climb that mountain. And I was like, what do I get in return? Let's go. Let's wow. bring it, buddy. How so funny. the uh, I was able to climb all three collegiates in Colorado on a dare. Wow. But that just destroyed your feet and oh, I'm sure it did. But when huh? you're you know like, 16, cares, right? 17, 18 years old, you don't care. You're like <laughs> whatever. Let's just let's go. Oh, that's funny. So you guys end up uh, purchasing the the dealership and stuff like that. What did life look like when you shifted over? Because that's that's a dramatic, not just culture shock, but even business change. Oh well, uh, being in college, my dad told me get a job. You need to finish college, get a job. Oh, by the way, here's your bike. I'm taking your car, get a job. Wow. And I was like, okay, whatever. So I remember calling my dad and I said, I need $50 to fix my bike. And he goes, you remember that part where I told you to get a job? I was serious about that because I need $50 to make payroll, get a job lady. Wow. And I was like, okay. So of course I've, and I've worked since I was 15, 
anyway. So getting a job was no big deal. Now I just realized at that point, I was like, now I need to get a more job. I yeah. need a better job or more jobs yeah, to be able to make rent and get that $50 to fix my bike so I could bike all over the place. Um, then I met my, what is, is now my husband, Michael Moore, mm -hmm. and he was fresh out of the Marine Corps. I'm this little snow bunny, hippie girl going to school. And how we have been married for two decades is beyond me because we are polar opposites. He is definitely that Marine Corps, everything in its place, everything has a place, it better be in that place. And I'm like, oh, as long as there's not blood on the floor, we're good. The kids are alive today. They've had something put in their bellies. And my husband's like, no, we need to have real food put in their bellies. Yeah. Oh, popcorn and scrambled eggs isn't real food. They're, they're fine. We're good. Um, but it has really helped. My husband okay. knew nothing about the car business when we moved down here. Uh, so he was put into the service department. And he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't even know a car had oil or why oil is needed in a car. And he's now put in charge of the service department. Wow. Yeah, so he had a crash course in the car business. I was put into the reception area and doing the title work and stuff for my dad because I had done that like forever. Okay. So it was no big deal for me. But once again, you know, being in your early 20s, pushing back, he would tell me something. And I'd be like, why? Why? I don't get it. Like, I'm done with my stuff. I don't understand why I have to do this. Well, I'm your boss. You have to do it. No, that's not how it works. And he's like, that's how it works pack your stuff, you can go. And after being fired a, a handful of times, I was like, I'm done because I valued my family more. So I went and got a different job. And ever since then, you know, I've just gone and done my thing, whatever suits me. Uh, after I had all four of my children, stayed home, was a mom until just recently, I'd say it's only been about the last four or five years I've really gotten back into working. I have a love for politics. So I started lobbying kind of on behalf of my dad, going up to Santa Fe, talking with our legislators, made some really good friends from all over the state because I was up there lobbying for uh, my dad in the car business, okay. different things. Got to know the auto industry lobbyists and the, um, everybody that helps us that way. So I was really getting into my uh, political career, so to speak. And at some point I want to continue to pursue that, run for some office. Okay. I don't know what yet, that opportunity has not presented itself, but I know that it will. And the bug is sitting in there. But I will, wow. I, because I, I wanna give back and I feel that that's a way to give back. I love politics. I have a basket of socks that I throw at the TV almost every day because it doesn't destroy the te television set when I either agree passionately or disagree passionately with what's going on. Um, and then since August, I have taken over the Roswell Chamber of Commerce kind of, um, kind of on a fluke. I was elected as chairman of the board Okay. came in, saw that things needed to change and they needed to change drastically. And in about two weeks, the executive board and I had decided that we were going to change directions. Okay. Well, um, our previous executive director resigned and now we didn't have anybody there. Well, because I 
was the one with the schedule that allowed it. I said, you know what, I'll step up. I'm the chairman of the board. This is what you do. Uh, mirroring the things that my father had shown me, you know, if, if there's a need, step up and fill it and get it done. Just get it done and figure it out after that. So I said, all right, I'll go in thinking it would be temporary. And I worked for free from August to January 1st. And at that time, the board said, you know what, we want to hire you. Would you like to come in as a staffer? So that means step off the board and come in and run the chamber. And of course, my husband was like, what? You're going to actually get paid for something you do? <laughs> Go for it. I wholly uh, support you and encourage it. Wow. So since uh, January 1st, I have actually been paid to do something that I am enjoying doing. And I never thought I would run the Chamber of Commerce. Like, yeah, wow. Two years ago, I would have laughed in your face and said, whatever, I've got, I am happy being a mom, doing my politics thing, hanging out poolside, doing whatever I want to do. And today my life is structured. I have to get up, get my kids dressed, get everybody fed and out the door in a timely manner. So we had to eject a little bit more of that hippie girl out. That's right. That's right. And as I get older, you know, there's a time to be free yeah. and there's a time to grow up and get to work. And oh, I'm okay with that. That's good. So we'll come back to that area here in just a little bit. Um, I want to go back to a comment you made, um, fired multiple times. Yes. A handful. <laughs> I think your phrase was a handful of times. Yes. Um, what what do you what have you taken away from those experiences? Because you know there's good reasons to be fired, and then there's bad reasons to be fired, and sounds like you've probably hit both. Yes. Yeah, so it's difficult for one. It's difficult to work for the family business. Okay. I both encourage and discourage that because they're working with your family can be awesome, but when you get yelled at on Friday and have to go to Sunday dinner, it's it's difficult because now you have to switch gears and the guy across the table is no longer your boss, that's your dad. Yeah. And so how do you change those gears and not hold on to, oh, I just got yelled at on Friday for something that I probably deserve to get yelled right. at for and go and have a family dinner and not bring that home. So I have learned how to do that. And when I'm asked, how do you balance that kind of stuff? There is no balance that there isn't a balance between your work life and your family life. Something's always going to have to give because you, yeah. you've got to focus on different things at different times and that's okay. okay. Um, I have learned to bite my tongue a little bit more. And if you ask the staff at the chamber, they roll their eyes, but I promise you the things that come out of my mouth, I have actually thought about it's before all, they it's just already been tempered. Yes. So <laughs> That's, you know, I could probably still do a better job at okay. that, but you know, at 40, I'm still learning. I'm still yeah. young and I'll probably at 80, I'll say the same thing. I've learned a little bit more, but at the same time, that is, that's a lot of who I am is I'm just very passionate about things. And what made you, you know, again, fired a handful <laughs> of times, what made you keep going back? Cause that was my family. Just that much drive and my that family, much love. And that's what you do. Okay. And when you're asked to step up, you do wow. because nobody else is going to have your back like your family. Right. So you do what you got to do. Wow. Love that. Yeah. I think uh, most of us that have grown up in entrepreneur families understand that. Yes. Um, so 
Cool. So uh, what different uh, type of jobs did you do uh, for the Kremlin deal? Because obviously if you were terminated, they probably replaced you a couple of times. I have done, <laughs> well, in the car business in general, I've done everything. Okay. I have shagged cars, which means follow my dad all over God's green earth and back again. Um, being dehorsed while he sells the car, taking a car, going to DMV, title work, answering the phones, um, anything and everything. I have sold cars basically since I was 15 for my dad in one way or another. So wow. I've so done it all. Anything the, that was the asked. The people I did. side of life is pretty normal for you. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense to be able to have a passion for lobbying and then yes. uh, going into politics. And I love people. people. That's neat. I love people. They're human beings are fantastic creatures. So uh, how did, uh, let, let's transition. How did you and your husband meet? Cause you said that you're completely opposites. So there's gotta be some fun stories there. He was my boss. Wow. Yes. Okay. I was a housekeeper at the Marriott in Crested Butte, Colorado, because I could make the same amount of money as all of my other friends that worked on the mountain that were ski school operators or lift operators, whatever. I was done by noon every single day and on the mountain to be able to go ski okay. or snowboard. And all my other friends had to work till four till the mountain closed. And I made the same amount of money. So I figured why not free ski pass on the mountain by noon. It worked into going to school. I'm in, let's yeah. do this. Yeah. And he was my supervisor when we met and I thought he was absolutely insane. He was fresh out of the Marine Corps. And here I am just this, you know, free spirit college student that just wanted to go and enjoy life. And yeah. he brought that, you know, he tried to give me that structure and very quickly I figured out what the guidelines and the rules were for the Marriott. So I was one of two housekeepers that no longer needed a supervisor to go through and check the rooms to make sure that all the towels and the trash were taken okay. out and stuff. So he would just come by and like, Hey, what's going on? Or after work, he'd bring, you know, buy me a beer and I'd roll my eyes and be like, Oh my gosh, here's this guy. And my girlfriend actually told me one day, she goes, he's offering to take you to dinner. We have no money. We have no food appetizer, entree, dessert, eat half, bring it home. Everybody's happy. And I was like, you know, I hadn't thought of that. Let's do this. Wow. And that's all it took. Cause after that we have been darn near inseparable. He's out of a starving roommate. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that brought the two of you together. <laughs> yeah. That is wonderful. Okay. I knew there had to be something fun there. That that's neat. So four children, that that's a pretty yeah. audacious uh, life. Did you grow up around multiple siblings or? I've got two little brothers okay. and my mom is the third of eight kids. So wow. I have like 50 cousins. Okay. So a large family. I always wanted a large family okay. and I always thought I'd have six or eight kids, but that's, you know, that what's that saying that we plan and God laughs. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Every day God laughs and goes, okay, sure. You, you keep doing that, sweetie, and I'll show you when it's time to swerve. Yeah. Um, so we had four kids in six years, and the only one that was actually planned was our oldest. Okay. And they just all just happened the way wow. it was going to happen. Wow. So uh, that wasn't an adjustment for you. It was more just kind of like normal life yeah. to have multiples and running around. 
Very nice. Absolutely. Now a word from this episode's sponsor. At the Roswell Chamber of Commerce, our mission is to promote economic and social prosperity, assist business development and tourism, and foster community spirit and pride. We do this by providing our members business after hours, ribbon cuttings, and grand openings. When you stop by, you will be greeted by our friendly staff. If you are interested in becoming a member, please contact us. We are located at 131 West 2nd Street in Roswell, New Mexico. And our phone number, 575-623-5695. What kind of activities uh, does your family participate in then with that much busyness going on? So all my daughters are dancers. They all go to dance because I learned very quickly. I am one person. I cannot be driving everywhere and being in, you know, multiple places at once. So I made everybody at an early age decide what, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, that's fine, but let's figure it out and we're going to stick with something. Well, all the girls loved dance, which made my life easy because then I could drop everybody off at once. And my son has done multiple things, football, baseball, soccer, uh, really, you know, basketball, kind of figuring out, you know, all those things that boys want to go do. And the girls uh, had tried soccer. They had tried all of that stuff. They loved dance. So that's where they're at. And it makes life, it does make life much easier when you know, okay, I can drop everybody off at four, come back at six. And we're done instead of, okay, you're at four, you're at 4.30, you're at five. Okay, do the loop, pick who, somebody else up. Let's go do something. Makes it a lot easier on recital season too, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, <laughs> not so much on the pocketbook, but yes, right. for recital season. Then everybody's at one One big place. event and that's it. That's okay. right. Nice. That's fun. So um, your son is at uh, NIMI. Yes. Um, how did that come about? What? So he, my family, again, um, on my mom's side of the family, all the boys since my grandfather have attended the Institute. Wow. Okay. Yes. So, um, then moving here, having my son and seeing the beautiful cadets all over town, my son was like, I want to be one of those soldiers. Mm. Cause you know, you have to think from a child's eyes, they look like soldiers. And he's like, I'm going to be a soldier one day. I'm going to be one of those guys one day. And ever since he could talk, he's wanted to be, uh, wanted to go and be a student there. And he, and he has been. So now as going into his senior year, he's debating if he wants to continue for the full six years, because he understands the value. Um, But he also kind of wants to go be an 18 year old kid and spread his wings and go do that. So this summer, he's really going to figure out if he's going to do the full six or just graduate next year and move on. Is he looking at a military career or is this, or was this the phase? No, he never wanted to be in the military. He just knew it was a good education. It was part of that family legacy. Uh My brother, my cousins, like I said, my uncles have all gone. And so he wanted to be a part of that. We have a bench over by the Godfrey center. And my kid thinks it's the coolest thing. He's like, I know everybody on that bench. I want my name to be on that bench one day. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's uh, let's come back to business today more. That you you touched on it just a little bit, but um, you obviously have your your family life. Yeah. Um, you've got uh, the uh, political things that you're involved with and running with, and then obviously the chamber now. Yep. Um, let's talk about that. What 
what, how do you balance all of that life? What goes on? Um, well, it goes, you don't balance. There is no balance, but I am learning to not answer the phone when I go home okay. um, because that is something that my family has struggled with. You know, my dad has struggled with even running his own business is that when you're home, do you answer that phone? How, is that phone call truly that important? If, if I let it burn down when I'm not there, is it okay? Yeah. And so it has been, you know, readjusting and figuring out that. And there's times that I'll answer the phone even, you know, on a Saturday or a Sunday, depending on what's going on. Uh, people know to text me first. If it's an emergency, text me first, and then I can look at it and go, okay, on it. Because if it is a Saturday afternoon or Sunday and I'm hanging out with the kids, probably not going to answer the phone. Um, so let, let's hit that. Um, how, have, how have you seen that affect your home life? It, well, I'm not home during the day like I used to be. So the kids, has, it's been an adjustment. They've got to, you know, kind of take care of themselves and be, being medium sized kids, as I call them now, because they're not little, yeah. they're self-sufficient. They can make their own food. Uh, I've got two drivers in the house. So they've learned how to drive themselves back and forth to things. So it had, it's been an adjustment for them because they can't just, hey, mom, where's, oh, yeah. wait a second, mom's not here, mom will be home later in the afternoon. So the guarding of the phone that you mentioned is very valuable to you. Yes. Because that time has been shortened. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And through COVID, we've homeschooled my girls. Okay. Because I kind of knew last year that it was gonna be this weird, um, deal with school. So I said, let's just try to keep things as normal as possible. So we homeschooled them this year. Um, so since August, they just come to the chamber with me many days of the week okay. and we set them up in the conference room or at a desk. They help answer the phones. Um, I joke and say, okay, noon is here. It's time for home ec. Who's going to wash windows? Who's going to take out the trash? Who's going to yeah. scrub a toilet? Because one of the things I did in August was basically we fired everybody. And I said, I don't need a lawn maintenance guy. I don't need a housekeeper. We, these are all things we can do. I'm an yeah. abled body person and it's not a big deal to clean a window or scrub a toilet or take out the trash. It's, I'm not going to ask anything of anybody else and I'm not willing to do for myself. Yeah. So you bring your little army that you've created and bring them in and say, all right, let's do this. Let's get it done. Teach them as you were taught, huh? Absolutely. Give them those skills about business that a lot of people are missing, yep. it seems. And I so, don't think they even like realize that. what they're learning yet. Yeah. So uh, that addresses a couple of the challenges that you faced uh, coming in because you didn't set out uh, to be in this job or in this position. So yeah. how has that affected you personally? Just, you know, and, and then also, you know, what, what kind of challenges has that brought in? Because it wasn't necessarily a career path you were, you were shooting for. No, I thought I'd come in, chair the board for a year and then move on and go back to hanging out at the pool and traveling. So some of the challenges are, for example, this year, I'm not able to do the summer travel that we typically wow. do yeah. because I'm needed to be at the chamber. 
Um, I know that as we hire staff and train staff and train people going forward, that's not going to be the case, you know, because right. I don't want to die at the chamber. Yeah, I want I do have other things. So you just got to find the right people. And maybe I'm going to kiss a couple of frogs before we find those people. And that's OK. You know, it's OK to yeah. to just kind of have those people come in and out because they serve a purpose. Right. Um, and, you know, the challenges are, yeah, I don't get to sleep in. I don't get to be in my PJs all the time. I don't get to just come and go as I please. You know, I'm used to being able to, oh, my girlfriends in Albuquerque are going to have something this weekend. Okay, I'm in. No questions asked. Let's go. Let's get this done. And now I've got to actually look at my calendar and go, oh, wait a second. Nope, not this weekend. I'm going to have to pass. Yeah, yeah. So those are the challenges. Is You clearly enjoy because you can feel it when you're talking about it. So let's talk about that. What have you found with this transition that has really just charged you up because you, you can sense that excitement in you? Oh, well, building something from pretty much nothing, you know, coming in and rebuilding relationships, getting back out into the community, especially after COVID. Um, I am a social butterfly. I like to be out and talk to people. So COVID was hard on me wow. being home, especially that March, April, May, June, when we all thought we were going to die, the world yeah. was coming to an end. It was difficult because that's not my comfort zone to just stay in the house as much as I love my family and I love, you know, being around them. There was a point that I was like, we, I got to get out. This is, I need to go see my people. I need to see the world. So being at the chamber gave me that excuse nice. to get up. And there is something psychological about day drinking in your sweatpants while you're homeschooling your children. It's hard. Yeah. And you need, I need to get out and have that interaction. So to have that excuse to get up, take a shower, put your makeup on, put your pants on and go have a purpose. Yeah. I, I I have found in my 40 years of life, I need to have a purpose. Wow. And wow, that's, that's good. So I love it. It's given me, and it's a challenge to rebuild and repair relationships that somebody else destroyed or broke. Has it, that I love that challenge. When somebody said, when I'm told, nope, you're not gonna be able to do that. That's too hard. Let's go. Okay, challenge accepted. Let's do this. Let's fix this. And it'll work or it won't work. And so far it has been working. Um, you can ask anybody on the board or my staff. I'll tell them, we're going to use the spaghetti method. We're just throwing all kinds of stuff on the wall. Something's going to stick. And everything else, okay. Then you just go, that didn't work. Move on. And it's yeah. not personal. Okay, well, very cool about uh, the obvious energy that it's bringing you, uh, being a part of the chamber, the changes in life. Obviously having older kids is helping with oh, that. Uh, you mentioned the driving and the assistance that happens in there in the home too. Um, we've been able to face that as our kids got older. <laughs> it's always a blessing. But um, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about just life wisdom, business wisdom, things like that, that I know you've touched on a few of those kind of things in the conversation, but let's narrow down, you know, some principles that you live by or that even our listeners uh, could benefit from. Don't give up. Okay. Don't ever give up. Um, you're going to hit walls. You're going to hit challenges, but there's always a way over, around, under, or through 
and just don't give up. Keep figuring it out. There's that puzzle will, it'll, it'll work its way out. Um, when you do hit those walls where you feel that they're impossible, seek somebody out that has um, better skills in those areas than you do. Uh, find your mentors. Go and constantly be searching out somebody that's better than you. And that's okay because somebody is always going to be better than you at something. Just like I'm going to be better than somebody else at something else. And so bring those people along too. So when you find really good staff or a really good person, find a way. Make it work. Figure out how to make it work. And if you just never give up, you'll figure it out. Wow, that's good. Um, was that something that was taught to you or something that you learned over life? A little bit of both. Okay. Watching my dad is my dad, and I talk about my dad all the time, and he is he's my hero. And when asked who's your hero, my hero is my father because wow. he has never given up. And he could have many, many times, and I've asked him about it. I've watched, you know, it would have been very easy for him to give up when he bought the Toyota store in 97 and had no money to make payroll. He could have just said, you know what? It's too hard, I'm out, I'm done, we're moving. Yeah. And done something else. Uh, how many times, I'm sure when I was a little kid that he had to sell a car so he could pay his bills. And us kids never even knew. Yeah. Cause he just, he just figured it out. He was like, no, I've got three kids and a wife at home. I gotta figure it out. So wow. I've got, you know, I've got a challenge. You gotta just figure it out and ask. And it, also don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, it. I think it's counterintuitive for many people because you don't want people to see that you're weak or right. perceive that you're weak. Asking for help has nothing to do with being weak. It just means that you don't know something and that's okay. That's good. I like that. And so I'm constantly asking for help for help. And it's you it the first stop is usually my dad and then my board. And I'm sure my board probably gets a little irritated with me at times because they're like, you can talk to us. And I'm like, I know. I and they're they're awesome. We've got a great board. We've cut our board down from about 25 to 11. Wow. So because we needed people to work. Yeah. And our executive board is awesome. I know I can call them, any one of them, at any time of the day or night, and they are willing to be there that's for wonderful. me. That's wonderful. That's good to hear. So um, that's one uh, thing that you live by. What else? That, that's really a lot of it, is it's, ask for tenacity help. Tenacity is your, don't is give your up. number one thing. That's right. And, you know, I like a challenge. I love it. Tell me no. I dare you. Tell me so no. Tell me I can't do it. how do you then, if that's, if that's the path that you're sitting on, which is I love, um, how do you deal with the days that you don't want to do that? Because we all have those, even if you're driven that way. You do it anyway. Okay. You just, you know, I've got, I've got many coffee cups that have all kinds of sayings and I just find okay. one that's encouraging. Um, I do have a lot of, you know, Jesus Christ is the center of my life as well. Right. I haven't talked about him a whole lot because, you know, that's a very personal thing. Right, Religion right. is very personal. But, you know, I pray and I say, all right, okay. today's not that day. What do you got for me, Lord? And somehow, some way, he always goes, no, let's go. Here you go. Wow. And you just, you know, you just keep moving. If you keep moving, it'll come, you know. Um, 
fake it till you make it. So when you wake up those days and you're like, nope, I'm it, I'm out, I'm done, I give up, nope, fake it. I'll pretend that I'm okay today. And you just ask for strength. And it's amazing how if you ask the Lord for your strength, he's like, all right, I'll give it to you. Because I do believe that God doesn't give you any more than you can truly handle. Now, does that mean that I believe that I can handle it? There's a lot of days that I think, no, this is too much. Yeah. I can't, I can't be a mom and a wife and go to work right. and then come home and all of the other distractions that are, that are there. But God always seems to provide. And then at the end of the day, you go to lay down and you go, oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Look at what we've done. Yeah. In fact, I was telling the staff the other day, I can't believe it's been almost a year since we've made this huge change at the chamber. And I know that August, September, I cried a lot taking over the chamber. And lots of not very nice words came out of my mouth because I didn't think I would be able to get through just the first 30 wow. days, 60 days. And now here we are, you know, almost August, you know, we're what, 30 days, 60 days from being a year. And I can't believe how quickly wow. it's gone. Wow, that's neat. Um, okay. So if you did have someone that sat down and said, uh, I'm just about, um, just about completely done. I can't, I can't go anymore. I can't make it anymore. I'm gonna hit that tenacity thing again. What would be your pep talk? Uh, I know you gave us, you know, some yeah. of the, the just statements there, but how, how would you go about, you know, encouraging someone to say, Hey, yeah, you can keep moving and you can get up there and do it. I know you gave a little bit of that, but well, I'm just digging deeper. Take a breath, close your eyes, take a couple deep breaths. It's okay to pause. Let's just calm down. Maybe go, you know, depending on how close to giving up they are, let's go for a walk. Let's go have a cup of coffee. Let's totally decompress from that. Let's talk about something else. Let's go experience something else. And then what, what is causing you to want to give up? What, why do you want to give up? And then go through those little by little, you know, okay, well, let's see, you know, and maybe some things are harder than others. Okay. If that's too hard, we'll stop. Well, let's come back to that one. Let's go find all the easy things. Let's, Let's get rid of all the easy stuff first, and then you can have more um, bandwidth to be able to get rid of the really tough decisions. But it's okay to stop and breathe. Uh, go outside and scream, you know, if that's yeah, yeah. what it takes. Uh, I like to always say, go kick the dog, but not really. Like, don't literally go kick the dog, but go home and, you know, go take a run, scream, whatever it is that helps you get rid of that stress, that anxiety. Cause we do, we all have it. Right. Um, try not to take it out on your family or your pets because those are the people you should be leaning on, okay. not taking it That's out good. on, but we all do from time to time. And it's, I know for me, sometimes it's just whoever that next person is in front of me. Um, they get, a lot of it's at times I, I'm better than, you know, today than I was say in my twenties, but it happens from time to time because I'm human. And then I just have to remember to go back and go, it's, I didn't mean to take it out on you. You just happened to be that guy or that gal that came here. I'm so sorry, please forgive me. But I, you know, I, I scream, I'll go for a run. I go for a walk. 
Um, sometimes just calling your best friend and saying, oh my gosh, I am so done. And so I'm hearing you say, uh, get very real about it Yeah. and uh, relax, uh, get a new perspective, get a few simple, easy wins to yeah. build up some momentum and then, but don't, don't uh, walk away. Correct. Okay. Pause. It's okay to pause. Wow. It's good. Um, when I, uh, when I asked you to come and be on the show, uh, invited you to come and, and to talk to our audience, uh, what kind of things that we haven't talked about that you thought of that you're like, Ooh, I'd love to be able to say this, or I'd love to bring this up or, uh, have we hit it all? I think you hit it all. Cause I just kind of, you know, I can talk, I can talk about anything <laughs> at any time. I'm pretty, I'm kind of a Jack of all trades. Uh, cause I just, I do have a love for life. I've, um, I've had a difficult life, a lot of it on my own bringing when I was younger. And so I've just learned, like I said, I just, let's go. I'm just in my forties. I think I'm just starting to hit my stride because yeah. I've, I'm old enough to know better and to learn from my mistakes, but also young enough to know that I probably have at least another 40 years in front of me that I can continue wow. going and doing things. And I can, you know, I have a saying in my office that says the best is yet to come. We're just now beginning. And I can hardly see, you know, wait to see what's on, you know, what's over the next hill. Cause I, curiosity is another thing too. I'm very curious by nature. If there's a door that's closed or locked, I'm like, why? How come you have that key and not me? And how is it that I can be that guy that can find out what's behind that door? Cause I have to know, okay. um, I'm probably that guy that goes into the bathroom and you no, know, I am that guy. I I'm like, okay, what kind, what do you got in here? Oh, those are the towels that you have. Okay. Cause you can learn right. a lot from being a little curious. And at times it has killed the cat and yeah. I try to not be as curious, but it's in my nature. Don't stop and kind of, Hey, What's going on? What's over there? I, I want to be over there because they look like they're having fun and I want to have fun. So how do I be that guy that gets to go over there and have fun? Right. Well, let me say thank you for Absolutely. interrupting again. I know we opened that way, but I always really appreciate getting to hear people's quick stories. We don't get to spend hours here, but uh, we get to cover uh, some fun parts. I got to learn some neat things about you that I didn't know. Um, for our audience, if they want to get a hold of you and they want to connect with you, what's, what's the best way to do that? Are we talking email, website, phone um, call? Come by the chamber. Okay. Uh, we're open Monday through Friday from 10 to four, but there's somebody in the office from nine to five. And you can always contact me on my cell phone. I, uh, 575-420-3035. Okay. It's been the same phone number I have had since I've moved to Roswell. So it's out there. Yeah. I'm sure if you Google Andrea Moore, Roswell, New Mexico, it pops up. Uh, texting usually works best if I don't know who you are. And so you can say, hey, it's Donovan. Give me a call. I want to talk about, you know, the color of tea in China or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. And I'll send you a little quick text message. Okay, I'll call you back. And then I'll contact you and we'll get to meet. Or like I said, really the, any more my days are at the chamber. Come on in. I'll get you a cup of coffee. We'll sit down and we'll chat. Wonderful. Well, again, thank you. And, uh, I know our audience will surely enjoy today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right.
If you enjoyed today's program, subscribe to the format you are on, YouTube or podcast channel, so you get notifications of new releases. If you want to connect with me, go to DonovanFulkerson.com for my companies and related business and product offerings. On social media, my personal accounts have daily spiritual and personal life posts. My business accounts relate to those specific products and offerings. If you'd like to be a sponsor, reach out too. We can make that happen. Thank you for connecting. Please share this video and get the word out. We'll see you next time.